Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, I'm Andy McNamara. This is the Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara. We're talking about the Browns' huge win. A couple of hot shot guests coming right at you right now. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to the Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara. The sickest Cleveland Browns podcast. It's gonna be sick. Sick, 32-13 winners. The Cleveland Browns, bright lights, Monday night football, Halloween, 32-13 over the Cincinnati Bengals. The Browns may be three and five, but that felt that felt real good, folks. I'm Andy McNamara. Look at that. I got my, my specialized Victory Tuesday mug. Usually says Victory Monday, but it's a Tuesday, damn it. So Victory Tuesday mug. We're gonna have some fun today debut show welcome everybody this is what the program is going to be about tuesdays and fridays cleveland browns fantasy football betting tips our sick picks and today i have a very special guest that we're going to be joining me in about five ten minutes brian pillman jr the name may sound familiar to you because he is currently an all elite wrestling aew wrestling superstar but his dad, Brian Pillman, who also was a championship wrestler in WWE and WCW, played for the Cincinnati Bengals in 1984. And so Pillman's a Bengals fan, and he was kind enough. I, I got to give him credit. He was kind enough to come on, even though the Bengals got the boots put to him. He was kind enough to come on and join me. And we'll talk Bengals. We'll talk the game, uh, what it means for the AFC North, and also some inside wrestling news and his journey so far. Lots of fun there. And then... Lindsay Rhodes, who has been an NFL host for years on a variety of networks, NFL Network, Sirius XM, NFL Radio, has her own podcast. She's going to jump on. We'll talk about this crazy NFL trade deadline. Like this is the NFL trade deadline is trying to pick up the slack from recent years and most years when it's been pretty boring, pretty useless, really. Uh, not today. No, no, no. And not over the last few days. So Lindsay Rhodes will break that down. We'll talk a little Browns with her. And just kind of big picture, try to lay out all the deals that went down and what they mean moving forward. I'm going to have my under the wire, waiver wire picks, as well as hashtag Ask Andy for fantasy football questions for week nine. 
what do we do coming out of the trade deadline with so many bodies flopping all over the place? What does that mean to your fantasy football team? And hashtag Ask Andy uh, as well to answer your fantasy football questions. The end of the wire, that's for players owned in less than 50%. And with so many teams on by, get teams on by coming up this week. Browns, Steelers, Cowboys, Broncos, Giants, 49ers, lots of moving parts. And then my sick picks, my best bets as we finish that off. But hey, folks, that Browns game, I have to be honest. As you can tell from the you know podcast name and my gear, I'm a Browns fan. And I was not confident going into last night's game at all. I was expecting to come on the debut of this show and be talking about who should be fired. Oh, what does it mean at two and six? And, and, and just almost a, a funeral march. But eh, eh. no, 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 no. Instead, Kevin Stefanski finally woke up, finally, and thought, hey, you know what? Maybe since I have the best, I don't know, running back in the NFL, the, the rushing leader, Maybe I should use him. Maybe I should not necessarily do all those weird tricks and try to outsmart everybody. Now, he still tried to do it with that terrible decision to have Amari Cooper throw the ball. That led to a pick. Amari said, too, he called it just a debacle. And there were some other strange decisions, as Stefanski is known to do. But luckily, he came up against just as much of a wild card play calling head coach in Cincinnati with Zach Taylor. And he was all over the place. And for some reason, the Browns have the Bengals number. Everybody, the national media was making it out to be, oh, it's Joe Burrow's revenge. This is it. Baker's gone. That might have been the situation. And this is the revenge. National TV and the Browns come back because everybody in the national media loves when the Browns aren't good. I don't know why, but they love it. When we get good or have a chance, they want to squash us. Not last night because Miles Garrett feasted the defense. Feasted. They ate all the Halloween candy from the Cincinnati Bengals. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal game. And with that, I want to give up some dog bones. Let's go. I'll give it. The best performers of the game. And really, this is such a great problem to have because you could pick multiple. You could pick. One of the lesser-known defenders, let's say, Sione Takitaki, filling in. And, and by the way, Brown's missing several key elements, right? Like several key pieces when it comes to JOK was out. Denzel Ward, again, with the concussion was out. Uh, so you got Takitaki, the rookie. MJ Emerson was phenomenal. I love his aggressiveness, too. Like this guy, at times he has to rein it in a little bit, but he had a couple nice pass breakups. He's on people. Like he, he treads that line of almost too physical, but I like him. For where they got him in the draft, uh, I like him a lot. But what I like the most, and, you know, Amari Cooper, five catches, 131 yards and a touchdown. How do you argue with that? How do you argue with Nick Chubb, 101 yards on 23 carries for two touchdowns? Kareem Hunt all over the place. But the guy who's getting it is Mr. Halloween himself, Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett was a disruptor. What have we been wanting Miles Garrett to be since he arrived? And it hasn't happened that often. A game wrecker. Aaron Donald, game wrecker. TJ Watt, game wrecker. Back in the day, Nagama Katsu, Warren Sapta, game record. Miles Garrett, he can pile up some stats, but in the fourth quarter or later in the season, you don't always see that. And it doesn't always happen when the game's on the line. 
against the Bengals, it seems to happen a lot. And it happened again last night. One and a half sacks. And he nearly, talky talky got the forced fumble. Garrett was right there. Garrett was right there. And when you look at what Miles did, couple tackles, one and a half sacks, um, you know, four QB hits. He was just in the face. He tipped the pass, swatted it down in the first half. He was just in Joe Burrow's face. And they tried double team. It didn't matter. And it was just a beautiful night. So you have to give it to Miles Garrett for the night. Now, as much good as there was, we still have to put someone in the doghouse. Still got to put him in. Still got to put him in the doghouse. And I'm going to put, this is tough. Because, again, you're 32-13. Who are you putting in the doghouse? Uh, I'm... I'm going to still, uh, I'm I'm going to put Cade York, the rookie kicker. I know. Uh, this is nitpicking, okay? Nitpicking. Still missed a, still missed a kick. Uh, look at it. Uh, McPherson for the Bengals deserves it more. But when you look at what uh, Cade, uh, Cade York did, he, he, he hit the 55 long, I know. Three for three on extra points. But he still missed that kick. He was still, still blocked. And that's maybe more on prefer, maybe more on the special teams unit. But... You still have to make those. You still have to do it. And that could have turned things a little ugly, right? Correct to Kevin Stefanski going for two on one. But I'll say doghouse, a very minimal doghouse. Like, he's, okay, he doesn't have to sleep in there. Just go in for a couple hours. You can come out. You'll be fine. Okay? You'll, you'll, you'll be okay. But that win at three and five now sends the Browns into the bye week on a good note. The, according to Jake Trotter of uh, ESPN Cleveland, it's uh, the Browns percentage chance to make the playoffs is uh, over 18% now, whatever you want to take that as. It's going to have to be that you win the division to make the playoffs. I say that, but then I, I still think it would be a long shot if you don't win the division, especially if you're the Browns. But when you look at the AFC, like, and you think, okay, well, who are the other wild cards? The really good teams, Buffalo Bills, six and one, Kansas State Chiefs, five and two. Okay. We know real deal. Baltimore Ravens five and three. Now they have the easiest schedule going forward on paper, you know. But your one Lamar Jackson injury away from that totally collapsing. They upped the defense in the uh, uh, through the trade deadline or before. So the Ravens there, Tennessee Titans five and two. They're probably going to win that division. And like we said, the Chiefs. But then look at the wild card. You have three wild card spots. Jets five and three. Come on, Jets are going to fall apart. Jets aren't doing it. Miami's interesting five and three as well. Acquired Jeff Wilson at the trade deadline. Terrible fantasy news. <laughs> just, just muddles up that backfield for the Dolphins further. Patriots 4-4. Four four. Yeah, they can always lurk around. You know, never know. Uh, then AFC South. Colts? Sam Ellinger? Stop it. No. Jags aren't doing nothing. Chargers could have 4-3. Broncos are dealt. They dealt Bradley Chubb. They, they've mailed it in. Raiders are 2-5. They stink. So who's going to make up those three wildcard spots? So maybe... If the Browns can hang around, you come out of the bye, you beat the Dolphins, good but not great, you can beat the Dolphins. Okay, then you're probably going to lose to the Buffalo Bills. You play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucs, are they scaring anybody? Brady's ready for the glue factory. It's over. So you have a path if you're the Browns. You have to get as close to 500 as possible for Deshaun Watson to come back December 4 against the Texans. Okay. Now, we still have to remember Deshaun Watson coming back versus the Texans. Dude hasn't played a regular season game in almost two years. So how's that going to look? 
But regardless, you have to get to that point, see where the landscape goes. So there's still a path for the Browns to make the playoffs in the wildcard spot. But it is a victory Tuesday. Give me a little hang on, Sloopy. Hang on, Sloopy. Oh, H-I. Oh, let's go. Love it. Uh, it was such a great night because everyone was all down on the Browns and Miles Garrett in his costumes and everyone dressed up as beautiful. Kareem Hunt did the post-game interview in a Joker mask. Phenomenal. Phenom so Browns fans, take a sip with me. This is water, I promise. Victory Tuesday. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at SickBrownsPod and at AndyMC81. Get your fantasy football questions in there. Comments on uh, questions, Browns questions as well. Betting uh, advice you need at AndyMC81. Instagram, you see all on the bottom of the screen there. Uh, you can get us on social media. We love to hear from you. You're going to love to hear from Brian Pillman Jr. And I got to catch up with him a little bit earlier today. Brian Pillman Jr., current All Elite Wrestling, AEW wrestler. His father, the late, great Brian Pillman, WWE, WCW champion, part of the Hollywood Blondes with a Stone Cold Steve Austin. And uh, he played for the Bengals in 1984. So it was pretty much I wanted to talk to Brian Pillman, and this was the only way really on a Browns podcast when they played the Bengals to have an excuse to have him on. So I had a great chat with him. Lindsey Rhodes, who does a great job, Sirius XM NFL Radio, formerly the NFL Network, will stop by a little bit later on. Fantasy football and lots of betting talk coming up as well. But right now, enjoy my conversation with Brian Pillman Jr. Brian, how you doing, sir? I'm great. Wonderful. Grand. Yeah, well, you going? know what? <laughs> Listen, I'm doing good. I thought when we chatted, I was like, oh, Brian, on Bengals will beat the Browns. And, you know, I'm we'll sure be... you're doing good. Yeah. I'm sure you're doing great with all your, you know, Browns decorations back there. Oh, you know, isn't it, it beautiful? I'm pretty sure that's why you scheduled this whole thing. It's like, <laughs> I can't wait to have Brian on and rub it in his face. Just be... Good thing I don't gamble, dude. I, I don't bet on sports because I'd be broke as hell. Oh, my I'd God. I bet all my money on Joe Burrow and he'd ruin my life. Everything was lined up. It's just, Brian, it's so weird, though, how. It just seems like the Browns and Miles Garrett, they have they just have this number. It just seems to happen sometimes in sports. Yeah. And like you like we were talking about before we went live. I mean, it's the local rivalry, man. They want it more. That's right. They're more worried <laughs> the about they're not saying. worried about winning the Super Bowl. They're just worried about beating the Bengals. The Browns are like, <laughs> We want it, guys. It's over. I love it too. To live for now. The, celebrating Browns are three and five headed into the bye. It's and growing just, up in it, Cincinnati, it's like we're a shoot, you know, we've always been a bad team, but the Browns, I mean, we make fun of the Browns, you know, not right. the other way around. So, <laughs> but hey, it was a fun one. Well, for the Browns, you know, I mean, I don't know if the Browns will go to the Super Bowl, but I'll take them to the bowl in my I'll take the Browns to the Super Bowl in my house. You'll see your house. <laughs> There's a bowl well, here. <laughs> it's it's a victory Tuesday, but look, I even made a special mug for you to show off. Look, oh, I had the mug, right. I put the right there for you. Motherfucker. Right there, boom. <laughs> so, uh, listen, obviously, for those, <coughs> Brian's a great wrestler in AEW. His dad, the late, great Brian Pillman, who played for the Bengals in 1984, I believe, and then was a champion in WWE, uh, F, and, uh, and WCW. Um, you, you've been, I guess, a lifelong Bengals fan, right? Uh, well, I wouldn't say that. I mean, my dad walked onto the Bengals when he yeah. was uh, in the 80s or whatever. Yeah. Um. But as a young kid, I actually liked the Ravens because okay. my dad was good friends with John. They went to the College of Miami of Ohio together. Right, for with Harbaugh. Yeah. And then Harbaugh, Ravens. like, hooked us up with tickets when I was, like, thir like, 15, you know what I mean? So, like, as a young age, I had the Ravens, like, bringing us into the games. And we got to meet Ray Lewis and 
and a lot of those guys from that era, you know, about 10, 10, 12 years ago when we started going to their games and we get to go to the team dinners and John would send us stuff every year for Christmas. You know what I mean? So it was like, I'm going to be a Ravens fan for a while. (laughs) (laughs) If they take care of you. Yeah. It's like, you know, and and I love, I love Cincinnati. It's my hometown. So there's always going to be that love there too. But again, I've always been a performer myself. I've never been much of a, of a fan. You know, I played high school football. I played college lacrosse. Um, and now I'm a pro wrestler now, but yeah, I have my, my favorite teams, you know, and then my boss owns the Jaguars. So when I lived in Jacksonville, it was Duval all the way, you know, they weren't the best team either, but we had the press, you know, we had the box seats, you know, and the community was nice there. I loved, I loved the Jacksonville people. Everybody was, you know, really nice. So it was fun to go to those games and support my company and my brand, you know, that I work for and, represent AEW so that was a cool thing too so yeah I mean outside of the Jags and the Bengals and the Ravens I don't give a shit but those <laughs> so you're not a teams, fantasy football guy those three teams got my back are you fantasy not really football? I'm not a fantasy football guy yeah to yeah. me it makes no sense to me I mean I mean it's just it's just a, a, a you know it's a bunch of statistics like we're playing a game of what if and then like also it's just weird you know what I mean yeah, I see we're, the appeal of it. I see the appeal of it. It's like a statistical... we, we won't have Brian Pillman Jr. on our our next fantasy segment coming up in about fifteen minutes time. I'm canceled from the fantasy. <laughs> no, like I understand it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm older. When I was younger, yeah. I didn't have a clue what people were doing. But now I'm like, right. oh, okay. So they they draft the players that they think will perform well, and then your score is based on the stats that they receive. Right. You know. And then different points, yeah. But and it's a hundred percent. I mean, it's got to be a hundred percent like random. You know what I mean? There's no way you can like. I mean, I guess there's a way. Is there like a science to it? Is there an art to it? Like, how do well, you that's... make the best team, or do you just say, "Ah, screw it, I got to hold a brother and hope he does good"? <laughs> I, there's a lot of different ways to do it. Look, sometimes the most random ways are the people who win. I I could analyze it all day, and then somebody in the office, you know, an office pool wins who's never looked at a game but picks because they like the logo and they win the pool. So you never know. Yeah, it can all be nonsense. So uh, no, man. Wait, hey, you know, let's talk a little bit about Joe Burrow and, and the Bengals going to the Super Bowl last year, coming in slow start, but look like they kind of hit their stride. And you take away last night. Uh, look, Joe Burrow and that that whole Bengals team is built to win again. It's just going to be a very interesting, I think, path now at four and four how they move forward. But Burrow. You can't ask for a better QB. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you, you got to put all the piece, pieces of the puzzle together. and We got a star quarterback with Joe, but you, gotta let, you can't let people get that blind side of like, you know, uh, what's the word? Tunnel vision on that, you know? Right. It takes 11 guys to play football. I mean, even when yeah. I play, I mean, my, my experiences aren't pro level, but. Well, even when I played football, it was just like, man, like everybody matters, you know, like every little piece of it. I mean, Joe could be the best quarterback in the world, but if he can't be protected and and, and stuff, then it's like, what's the point, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it, a, it's it, a really, it's the most teamwork game ever. I mean, think about it. You got 11 guys on the roster and each person's, you know, important role and they're all getting paid millions of dollars for that role, you know? Yeah. yeah. So... Okay. You know, it's like, holy shit. And it's like, you can't always just replace somebody. It's like a very high skill, high impact game, you know. There's only yeah. so many people that can do it. So, 
Um, it'd be nice if we could just say, oh, we got a good quarterback. He's going to carry us through. But unfortunately, you know, it's still pro football at the end of the day. And I mean, I mean, just like I said, from my experience, I mean, I freaking was a D lineman. We had like nine guys going both ways. And it right. Was like, Guys were tired. This is in high school, of course, but like right, right. people get tired, you know, people get hurt and injured, you know. Joe got injured in the Super Bowl. I mean, that was a that was the closest we've ever been. I mean, um, what a what a what a what a crazy night there. I mean, I mean, you're yeah. a Browns fan, but I'm sure you were like loving that Super Bowl, like, oh fuck yeah, you know. Like, <laughs> it was just cool to see like an underdog team like finally make it there, you know. Right. Right. And you know what? The, the Bengals, too. I don't have the same hatred for the Bengals as I do for the Ravens or Steelers because they're, they're we're, we're related fan bases. Paul Brown started both teams. Right. So you have that yeah. that sort of connection of, of a rivalry more from a you know sibling or, or relative base. So it's not the same like I hate the Steelers or I hate the Ravens. It's like I don't want the Bengals to beat us. But in the Super Bowl, it's like, hey, you know what? If that's how it's got to be, that's how it's got to be. Yeah. And uh, you, you didn't mind for, you know, little brother to uh, to go for it. And uh Boy, you guys are set with Joe Burrow, I think, though. So we'll see how that progresses going on. But, Brian, I want to talk to you a bit about your AEW career, your wrestling journey here as well, because I'm very you know, thrilled to have you on. I mentioned to you before, my two kids, 10 and 8, are super fans of yours. They love. They they wanted to say uh, one question. They said, how is Brian feeling? They, they didn't want to make sure you were too sad losing the varsity name. They, they hate smart Mark Sterling. They hate him. So they they got your back. <laughs> well, tell them that uh... – and I'm secretly thanking smart Mark Sterling. So, oh. yeah, that's okay. one of those things. It's one yeah. of those things where, you know, I went up to smart Mark in the back. I said, hey, buddy, <laughs> gave him a nice handshake. I said, hey, that name didn't work for us. So uh, you go ahead and take it. See if it works it's for you, buddy. Interesting. <laughs> it's just, hey, a little behind uh, the scenes. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I like- I, you know, he, he hit me with that paperwork. I said, See what happens. <laughs> I said, "Good uh, luck." But uh, <laughs> in all reality, uh, it was a great. Uh, it was a great way to uh, get a creative sort of out on that. Um, I was right. dying to switch up our look and dying to switch up our our name. And I don't think we have a, a going to have an official name, you know, relatively soon. I'm not too sure what we're what we'll call ourselves. But right now. We're just the blondes and we're just being ourselves. Um, and it's finally, it's an opportunity for me to show everybody, you know, who I really am in the mm-hmm. ring and, and, and what I can really do. Um, there's been, a, you know, there's been a misconception because, you know, we've just been sort of playing our part. You know, we've been doing our role. We've been we've been saying, you know, yes, sir. And we've been doing what we're told. And we've been the varsity blondes, uh, you know, a relatively generic babyface gimmick for a while. But if you look at everything that's happened to us, you know, shit, we got our girl stolen, you know, we got, you know, opportunities, you know, we, we, you know, we failed to claim the tag titles, you know, we went the distance with the young bucks. We almost got there. Um, everybody forgets we went, you know, 12 minutes with the young bucks for the, for the titles in a, in a four-star match, you know, four-star uh, observer match. So, you know, the blondes have been there. The blondes have gotten close and then the blondes had everything taken away from, taken away from them. We lost Julia. Yeah, you know we got we got dropped out in, in, in seconds to you know Luchasaurus and the Gun Club and and those guys are are, are very those are very impactful uh, wrestlers that are doing the things that uh, they're working to their strengths. So that's why they're able to uh, beat a couple guys like us that are that are you know sort of second guessing themselves and trying to find themselves. 
but now I think that, you know, I think the, the tide's going to change here. You know, we just came back with a huge victory in my hometown in Cincinnati, Ohio. We came out, we ditched the varsity name. Um, you know, we're not trying to be something we're not anymore. We're a couple of grown ass guys with huge chips on our shoulders. This business has sort of uh, grizzled us in a way that uh, people are going to find out about, you know, when, when you, you know, they threw us to the wolves, they threw us to uh, FTR and the young bucks and, and all these top tag teams, you know, and then, I mean, even the Lucha bros, you know, we went sure. the distance with those guys. So when you, when you throw us to the wolves and, and you, you, you're either going to sink or you're going to swim and, and me and Griff are swimming now because um, we're working at a very high level. I think there was a part of me that wanted to, to turn against him and go my own way for a while, but hmm. it's hard to ignore that chemistry. I, I don't think I can get away from Griff right now. I need Griff, you know, and Griff right. needs me, you know, we're a good unit. We look good together. I think we're the two best-looking guys on the roster. We're definitely the best-looking <laughs> tag team on the roster. Right. Um, you know, we're going to draw viewers, and we're going to kick ass, and that's just how it's going to be. Love uh, it. We're not coming out here with any bullshit uh, varsity shit anymore. I love those guys. Uh, you know, Smart Mark, whatever. His tag team, they're a super athletic duo, you know. They beat us fair and square, and – they trademarked our name, but you know more power to them. Name didn't take work it. For, name didn't work for us, buddy. Good now, luck. now you're moving. I, I like that, Brian, too. You know, now you can you can evolve into let your your real character come out. Yeah. A question on uh, from social media from Nolan asking, "What was the <sighs> who was the toughest opponent that you ever beat? Who was the toughest opponent that you ever beat in the ring?" Shit that I ever beat. Shit, I don't beat yeah. nobody. I'm <laughs> 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 the thing on that one. Or, uh, or yeah, or, or or maybe most enjoyable match, favorite match, that type of thing so far. No, I mean we actually had some great matches. I mean, I I, I mean Max Caster, who's now the tag team champion, uh, I beat him in my hometown, um, yeah. Cincinnati, Ohio. It's one of the greatest moments of my career, I'd say, to get to perform in front of my crowd and <coughs> to win a match with my father's famous move. You know, the springboard clothesline, the air pillman. Yep. Um, that was a really cool moment for me. Um, it was a, it was a very kick-ass, very quick match, you know, down to business. But um, I would love to do it again with a guy like him. Actually, I'd love to have, you know, that tag match. Um, a lot of people don't realize that we were in a major, not like a major thing, but we were in a, a mid-card program with the uh, with the acclaimed for a long time. Uh, not a long time, but to lead up to mm -hmm. having a big program with them. And then something happened where some people got suspended and it kind of sidelined that whole thing. So we actually had a lot of chemistry with them, I thought. Um, I definitely have a lot of chemistry uh, with Anthony Bowens. Um, so definitely want to get get a chance to get in there with them, me and Griff again, and sort of tell that story that we never got to tell. Um, but, yeah, I had a, had a good win against him. I mean, some of my best matches are, you know, with Miro. I miss Miro. Uh, he was a great athlete. Um, I trained really hard. Uh uh, up going up against Malachi, you know, but with a lot of the, you know, the, 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 you know, the corruption and the mist and the, and the stuff, I think I got a lot, a lot distracted and confused and, and he really took advantage of me there. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. he whooped my ass there, but I think, I think Miro, I put up a good fight uh, for the TNT title. Um, yeah. But that was a very good match. Um, hell me and Chris, I mean, or me and, Griff tagged against MJF and Jericho back when they were doing their little shit, you know? So right. we've had some great meet. Like, that's the thing. Like people want to forget about that pandemic era, but me and Griff were doing some heavy lifting. Like yeah, you guys were we, were, we were, we were having some big matches and shit. 
in front of nobody, you know what I mean? So it's like now you add the crowd, you add the hype, you add the bigger stars, the bigger names. There's a lot of pressure, you know. So I'm not going to sit here and say me and Griff were like handled that perfectly. You know, we, we were probably right where we needed to be. You know what I mean? We were leading the charge. And then and then when it came time to, to get down into the high pressure situations, a lot of those bigger teams like the Lucha Bros, Death Triangle, those guys started to rise up in the ranks, you know. So it's a tough game. You know, it's a tough mm-hmm. game and you got to stay on your toes. But like I said, I think we got exactly what we needed. Um, thank you, Mark Sterling, for uh, <laughs> giving me a reason to burn all my old gear. And Because uh, at that point, you know what I mean, the boss can't tell me I'm, you know, he can't tell me not to change, you know. You got it. It's, le- it's legal. Like, what's legal to say? I'm like, hey, it's it's all our shit says varsity on it, but you know, this black leather jacket doesn't. I'm gonna throw that on. We'll yeah, that, that, look. that's a cool look. And I think cool the fans look. are yeah, the fans are excited. They like the way we look and the way we're presenting ourselves now. And it, it didn't take a lot, you know what I mean? It doesn't take a lot of when you got a couple of stars like Griff and I, and that's the thing. Griff and I are just 100 percent absolute TV stars. There's no doubt about it. He's one of the most um reliable most technically efficient wrestlers you know griff doesn't waste a step you know what i mean he knows exactly who he's working for and where he's working towards like um and and, and we're a top of the line team that's why we've been that's why we've been in AEW so long that's why we have been a part of so many moments you know we were there we put over the guys when the bullet club reformed we put over the um undisputed elite when they when they got together so we've always been a part of these big moments in AEW, um because you know when you beat the blondes you're beating somebody you know you're beating a couple high level athletes you know you're not just beating a couple jobbers you're actually beating a couple guys that will take you the distance and we're going to keep taking people the distance and and i think there's going to be a lot more uh in the future than just going the distance there's going to be completing you know there's going to be finishing there's going to be winning there's going to be titles involved and uh there's going to be more than just griff involved too there's going to be more names um this could this could eventually oh. turn into a, a major faction so people got to stay tuned jeez all right brian pillman jr breaking some AEW news here i love it brian before we let you go i gotta say uh i i feel like we've working that worked out indirectly before because i've been using ddpy with our buddy diamond dallas page for a few years now and you, you've been a big I know he's been a, a bit of a mentor to you and on those workouts. Uh, so indirectly, brother, I don't have the guns that you have, but I've been I've been doing Brian Pillman Jr. workouts with DDP on DDPY. Yeah, DDPY is great. Cool. It's been pretty cool. That's right. Oh, bang. That's right. That's right. All dynamic resistance, man. I find it I find it funny he's yelling at you to do more pushes. So I'm like, Pillman can't do it, I can't. Yeah. Brother, bring it in. That's tons of fun. Listen, Brian, you know what? I'm gonna have you on next time before the Browns and Bengals play. So we don't yeah. have to go in and maybe not a a, a downer. Uh, to start with the Bengals loss, but yeah. this has been a ton of fun, man. Uh, thank you so much. Listen, I'm I'm always always enjoy watching on AEW. I'm extra excited now with the news that you were telling us today. So thank you yep. so much for taking the time. New stuff to come. Thank you guys for having me. All right, brother. There he is, the great Brian Pillman Jr. Great chat with Brian Pillman Jr. Make sure you give him a follow on all social media at Flying Brian Jr. What a what a great guy. The min, inside wrestling news there and some interesting comments on the Bengals and his uh, football fandom. So very good. Remember, Lindsey Rhodes from the NFL Road Show 
her podcast. She's on Sirius XM NFL Radio. Did a great job in the past with NFL Network. Lindsay's the best. We'll have her on shortly to talk about the NFL trade deadline and all that went down over the last few days. The NFL trade deadline, man, boy, it's really, really heated up this year because usually there's no storyline, not like the NHL or baseball, even basketball a little bit. Uh, but man, really, really got hot over the last few days. So we'll chat with Lindsay Rhodes about that. But right now, fantasy football talk, people. Okay, you got any fantasy football questions? Ask hashtag ask Andy. But right now, I want to get to my under the wire waiver wire pickup. So players owned in less than fifty percent of most leagues because the teams on buy this week significant. Like last week, we had the uh, Chiefs and Chargers, but this week. Browns, Steelers, Cowboys, Broncos, Giants, 49ers. The running backs were losing. My goodness, receivers all over the place. So I'm going to start wide receiver. I think one of the best pickups right now, Khalif Raymond for the Detroit Lions. Now, the Lions record sucks, but their offense has been exciting. It's been real good. They've been popping up points all over the place. And Khalif Raymond is the guy you want, not Josh Reynolds. Now, why is that? Well, it's because Josh Reynolds for the last two weeks has gotten you low single-digit fantasy points. And it looks like Raymond has usurped him as that number two to Amonra St. Brown. He actually led the Lions in receiving yards last week. Remember, too, they lost a big, big weapon. TJ Hawkinson dealt to the Vikings. So now, all of a sudden, you have one less major target and Raymond already on the rise. Top attention from defenses is going to be to Amon or St. Brown. You go with Khalif Raymond. 1% rostered people. 1%. You're in bi-week trouble. You're looking for that streamer help. Khalif Raymond. He's going to be super cheap on your DraftKings too. Tremendous uh, DFS play. So I love Raymond uh, this week and uh, really probably going forward to at least test it out a little bit. So Khalif Raymond is a big time pickup. Now, quarterback options. Okay. QBs that you might want to look at if you're in a desperate time. Is it injury? Is it underperformance? Whatever the case might be. One of my leagues, I'm in a world of hurt for QBs. I need QB help. So who am I getting? I'm going to look first to Justin Fields of the Bears. Okay, our buddy Adam Rank on the SIG podcast right here on the SIG Media Network. Adam, he loves himself some Justin Fields, and I'm starting to as well for fantasy. 42% ownership, okay? And here's what we have to remember for Fields. He's facing the Miami Dolphins, who have given up the seventh most fantasy points to QBs this year. Okay, that's good. Including 166 rushing yards to mobile quarterbacks in Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Now, Justin Fields, obviously not in that caliber, that level, but his rushing is, right? And we've seen Fields with better play calling. Seems like he's starting to hit that stride, bit of confidence for the Ohio State product. So when you look at Fields, so check this out. Uh, seven total touchdowns over his past four games, and he's averaged 76.7 rushing yards over his past three. So you get the bonus of the legs, and he's not turning the ball over as much. We're seeing the passing yards go up as well. It's a good opponent, and you're getting Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool's coming in. That's another big part. You get an athletic, young, big target who wasn't being used in Pittsburgh. And now I can actually cheer for Chase Claypool, who I really like coming out of the combine, but I was with the Steelers, so I had a hate on him. But now you come to this situation. Chase, you know what? Chase Claypool is somebody else. Talking about receivers. Might want to try, not, not this week, but going forward, maybe a little stack of Claypool fields. Because really for Chicago, they're still looking for that guy. They're still looking for that piece. And 
why not why not Fields and Claypool? Now, if Justin Fields, you go into your waiver wire, you're looking, and he's gone. What do I do? Are you playing your DraftKings kind of like too expensive? I don't want. What you do is then you go do Justin Fields light. Marcus Mariota, who's popped a few times. Now he's inconsistent. And the Falcons, they're they're not good. They're not good. Calvin Ridley getting dealt too, by the way. Uh, but Marcus Mariota just sort of uh, dull down what Justin Fields' numbers are, and you get yourself Marcus Mariota, right? You look at what he's been able to do. He's averaging 20 fantasy points over his last four games, right? Now, in between there, he's had he's had a dud, so that inconsistency I talked about, but averaging 20. Um, now, during that same stretch, he's averaging 47 rushing yards per game and has a seven-touchdown to two-interception ratio. So for Marcus Mariota, and he had zero interceptions before last game. He had three touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, but we're seeing Marcus Mariota with a situation where, um, okay, he's he's run, he's being able to be more mobile. It's more comfort zone. It's more RPO. You're facing a Chargers team right in the middle of the pack when it comes to fantasy quarterbacks, you know, right in the middle. And that's a spot right there where I think really you could say Fields, Mariota makes a lot of sense. Um, I still like Jamal Williams at running back. I know double up on the lines is kind of weird. But Jamal Williams has been a really nice standalone option, folks. He really has uh, as a flex or when Swift has been banged up. So those are some of my under-the-wire, waiver-wire pickups owned in less than 50% of most leagues. So check those out. And, you know, it's going to be a a tricky week, week nine. But I think we can get through it with players like that. But right now, let's get to Lindsay Rhodes. I am so happy to bring Lindsay on. She's host of the terrific podcast uh, she, uh, on SiriusXM NFL Radio. She's also uh, the road show. And Lindsay, I've loved your work for years. Great to have you on again. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm good. How are you? This has been a fun day. Boy, fun. Like last few days. Like, Lindsay, we're not used to this with the NFL. Like, are you like me? Like, what do I do with my hands here? What's Yes. Uh, there's stuff happening. This is supposed to be a dead day. What's going on? I know. It, but although we've seen signs in the last couple of years that it's not going to be like that anymore, yeah. right? Like we've now yeah. pivoted to a whole new world with younger general managers who are much more aggressive and have seen the value. I think the analytics being a part of their mm-hmm. everyday conversation has helped kind of um, drive that forward. Um, but this is this is a lot more fun. It, it really is. And I'm, I'm trying to get the as the final deals are being worked in. Um, an odd one for me, and I talked about it in uh, uh, when it was involving fantasy football a little bit earlier, was TJ Hawkinson from the Lions to the Vikings. Like, I get it for the Vikings, obviously, but yeah. the Lions, you have a guy who still has contract control. The Lions see themselves, I think, as a team that wants to be moving up. That one didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, I'm not sure about from a Lions standpoint, although there there are other, like in the short term, there are pass catching weapons there. Like we all think of TJ yeah. Hawkinson as a guy who in the fantasy world, I think we put him in that like second tier of guys. Right. And there's really only yeah. like a couple of guys that are in that top tier of guys, but in terms of guys that going into the season, you thought you could plug into your lineup and not have to stream tight ends. TJ Hawkinson was in that conversation. This season really hasn't played out that way from a tight end standpoint. Like uh, I wouldn't necessarily say that TJ has been that guy from a fantasy standpoint. He had that one huge big blow up game against it was Seattle, right? 
Um, right. And then other than that, it's been a little bit more hit or miss. And you might have actually had some value if you decided to stream tight ends instead of playing TJ. But uh, but they do have other pass catchers in that offense. The team is clearly not going anywhere this year because the defense is just so atrocious. So I don't know if I think that um, it was a bad move for them just because they need pieces moving forward um, and they can attack that position during the draft. I think uh, it is certainly huge for the Vikings, who are yeah. one of those teams that nobody's talking about this year. But in terms of their record, they're right up there at the top of the league. And this year is a weird year in the sense that the middle of the NFL is so much bigger than it's been in years past. Like we've really got three teams at the top and then maybe a couple at the bottom who we can be like, "Mm, we've moved on from you. As long as you're outside the (laughs) NFC South where everybody's still in it, no matter how bad you are. Um, But, you know, there's a huge group of people that are still in the mix and it changes uh, changes what's acceptable on the field from a strategic standpoint. Like the Falcons running the ball all the time, all of a sudden now becomes something that you can metabolize because you're like, well, it's winning games and nobody's good enough to run away from them. So now we can have the conversation about whether that's okay. Um, and certainly come trade deadline day, all of these teams be in a position to make a move. Um, this is all to go back to the Vikings as a team that I think, uh, I think it's a really smart move for them because I talked to Eric Eager on my podcast earlier this week, who used to work for PFF and now work for Sumer, works for Sumer Sports. And he was saying that um, analytically speaking, the success correlation at wide receiver is less to do with like whether you have a really strong number one and more to do with whether how good your number two is because it draws that defensive attention away from the one. And kind of what we're seeing in Minnesota this year is that Justin Jefferson and anyone who plays fantasy knows this, you have big blow up weeks and then it kind of goes away because he's easier to take away. And so the Vikings are winning games because they're good enough, but they did have some problems that they needed to fix. And I thought that their answer might be another wide receiver, perhaps for KJ Osborne or an upgrade for Adam Thielen, like just somebody else to put in that mix. I think TJ Hawkinson kind of fits that bill too, right? I mean, because yeah. he can be a good pass yeah. catching tight end. We haven't seen them we haven't seen them target the tight end all that much in the last few years, which is what kind of worries me about TJ Hawkinson from a fantasy standpoint there, but they went out and got him, so I assume that that is something that they did on purpose because they want to change that and they think they can with him. Right. I I'm totally with you and Irv Smith Jr going to the IR, but mm-hmm. that's what jumped out to me as well, Lindsay. It's like, okay, my the fantasy you know, alert goes off. It's like, eh, they don't throw to the tight ends, but right. maybe they haven't had a guy like TJ mm-hmm. Hawkins. You started Kyle Rudolph who was floating around for a bit, but I like your, your the breakdown there of that, that attention, especially for fantasy of, well, you need some more att- attention taken away from Jefferson. And I think too, you have to think from the Vikings, they're probably looking like, uh, Hey guys, Aaron Rodgers sucks now let's go right it's time let's go right now go now and also i'd heard earlier this week i don't i i want to give credit but i can't remember somebody said don't be surprised if the packers target a tight end uh before the trade deadline and and not a wide receiver and Mm -hmm. so let's say they were going for uh somebody like that i don't know that they would have necessarily thought to stay in the division (laughs) they don't feel like the team that would go be aggressive in that way but um, but it, it also keeps them away from them. It really does. It really does. And um, some other moves. First of all, I guess did any other move really jump out to you? Like the Naheem Hines move, I thought was quasi interesting. Didn't really move me for for fantasy. Jeff Wilson, right. I think just 
muddies up the Dolphin fantasy wise again. Percent, yeah. Oh, uh, the like, Chase, oh, man. I mean, the Chase Edmonds is a little bit interesting going to Denver, right? Because I think there's a lot more opportunity yeah. for him there. I mean, we've been, I, I have been playing or I have played not consistently. Thank God. Um, I played Latavius Murray <laughs> the last couple of weeks in fantasy just out of desperation at running back. And especially this week going into like a buy Mageddon with six teams on a buy, people are oh. going to be just up against it. And Chase Edmonds hasn't been playable the last few weeks for the Dolphins. So he becomes a little bit more interesting in Denver because if you're looking at a backfield, like they do not want to play Melvin Gordon. There's a reason that they've moved to Latavius Murray. So if Chase Edmonds is a better option than those two. So I'm not hundred percent sure if like the, the return on that is immediate. And if you can plug him in this week, if he'll get up to speed in time, but he's a running back, what is there to get up to speed about? So right. he has yeah. more value moving forward. Certainly. Well, and to use your Latavius Murray, comment we saw Latavius Murray do just that with zero ramp up time with the Saints True. and with the Broncos this year there you go right oh makes go. sense yep. uh talking about the uh, this is a Brown show in part so talk about the Cleveland Browns Kareem Hunt was one of the hottest names out there are they going to move on boy what a showcase on Monday night football mm. it looked like his value might not have been any higher but he stays put yeah uh, which as a Browns I, I love the one two uh, Chubb and Hunt combo were you surprised he didn't move along or, you know, might as well hold on to him? Um, I was. And in fact, I made a deal for him in a fantasy league where I was a little bit desperate and just needed to make something happen. So I could afford right. to take this risk, but I traded for him in a deal last week where I was like, fine, I'll take cream hunt because, um, and it's the worst end of the deal, you know, on paper. <laughs> but if he goes to a new trade, I mean, if he gets traded and he's in a new situation, then all of a sudden we have some upside potentially there. Um, I just talked to Jordan Schultz from The Score for my podcast, The NFL Roadshow, and he was saying that um, he was under the impression all along that this was never going to happen. And largely mm -hmm. what he was hearing around the league was that um, Kareem Hunt thinks of himself as a one. If he was behind anyone other than... Nick Chubb, who, I mean, we could talk about him as one of the best pure runners in the NFL, but if he was in a backfield with anyone but him, then he would be one of the best running backs in the NFL. And that that was going to turn out to be an expensive deal for the team that took him on. And that's not a direction that teams are going in. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that that's an interesting way to look at it, right? Because that's a conversation that I think um, like I've been having for the last year, but in the last few weeks, I think it's, it's been one that's come up a lot more for me recently with Saquon Barkley doing well. And like, so then what does that mean for the giants moving forward and Josh right. Jacobs, who's on a fifth year deal Do the Raiders, do the Raiders want to pay that? Or are the Raiders like somebody brought up the fact that they thought that the Raiders should trade Josh Jacobs um, today and brought up a two. And I was like, I would make that move if I was the Raiders and he's arguably been their best offensive weapon, you know, yeah. this season, but if you're not going anywhere and right now it doesn't look like you're going anywhere after getting shut out against the saints and uh. you can get a two for a guy that you're gonna have to pay big money to next season on a brand new deal when you could literally just turn that two in and get a Brees hall or a Kenneth Walker or a Damian Pierce. I mean, on a rookie deal, like you should do that. So my guess is that similar thoughts were the prevailing reason that Kareem Hunt didn't get dealt because people just don't want to pay him big money and know that he's going to be asking for that. Right. And you're reaching that dangerous running back age, right? 27, 28. That's, right. That always scares people. Isn't that you know? crazy? But you're right. Like that 26 year old is like, that's where the cliff is. Yeah. Unfortunately at that position. And I think we're moving in a direction where people just don't get second deals. 
And I know, which sucks. The punishment they take, like oh, I know. that that hurt. I thought the Rams might have taken a shot on, on Kareem. Yeah, you know. yeah, he could help him out. You could make the argument that they have so many other things that they need to fill that I'm just not yeah. sure that they should have used their resources for a running back. I know that that's the position that kept coming up. And then people yeah. also mentioned Albert Breer says that they offered two ones for Brian Burns. That feels a little bit more on brand for them because mm-hmm. in terms of positional value, if you're going to be giving up draft capital for a sure thing, then that's the position you're going to attack. It's either going to be quarterback or cornerback or, you know, an edge rusher or maybe a wide receiver, but it's not going to be a running back. No, no. You know what? You're, you're totally right. And the, the brand, like bringing on Vaughn Miller as a rental, like they're still, I'm sure they still view themselves in that championship window, even though the record doesn't reflect it. So I think right. I, I, I totally agree now that you mentioned that. Uh, Lindsay, you've been so great with your time, but tell us, NFL Roadshow, where can people find you? Listen, what do you got coming up? NFL Roadshow podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. We have three a week coming out during the football season. The Monday show is a reaction to the games from Sunday. The Wednesday show is a deep dive on a specific topic or a guest. And then Friday is uh, what I call the Fantasy 15. And it's all my thoughts on that week's contests from a fantasy perspective in a short 15 minute digestible um, time frame. And then I also work for a uh, serious XM fantasy sports radio Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. You can find me on fantasy dirt from, okay, I'm doing the math to Eastern time. It's <laughs> one, one to three Eastern <laughs> on fantasy dirt. I know. And, and we haven't even got to the time shift back yet. Wait till that happens. Right. They'll throw us off for six months. <laughs> totally. Oh, and, and then you, you have like in the, the center, there's like four States and province, one province that doesn't change. Oh yeah. Well, I just ignore them. Like they're Arizona the that doesn't have daylight savings time or something. And I have to do math yeah. all year long. Like it's three, if it's this month and it's two, yeah. if you, what? no, I'm just not going to. So it's like you, you deal with my time. You're yeah. on my well, time, right? The, but, the, but the unfortunate thing, I live in LA. I'm literally doing everything in Eastern time. And I have yes. a problem with this. Like, why am I deferring to you? Just because someone on the East decided that we all need to operate by like New York time. I'm just going to start getting Lousy. everything in Pacific time and make you do the math. You see you know how what? it feels. Get get weird. Do it mountain. Really mess with them. <laughs> Say mountain time. How about that? Sometimes it's two, two and a half. It's tremendous. Mess with people. Lindsay, thank you so much. Let's do this again soon. Thank you. Thank you, Andy. All right. There she is. Lindsay Rhodes. Always awesome. NFL Roadshow. She gave you the times. Make sure you follow her. She's a great follow on social media uh, and with her programs all over the place. Uh, I, I like what she, what she had to say about the that Rams part, which did make sense because the Kareem Hunt angle was where would you send him and really if you're the browns i don't know if they would have lost yesterday if that would have made any difference whatsoever to a deal for cream hunt also the thing to remember too compensatory picks analytics young run front offices like the browns with andrew berry love their compensatory picks Ooh, they love it they can't get enough of those and how you get those in part is if you lose free agents and you don't sign enough back you get a compensatory pick so they would have done the math of, all right, if we lose Kareem Hunt, we get X back. And there's rumors last night uh, that maybe a fourth round pick would have done it. Remember, this this is going to be it for Kareem Hunt. Unless Jerome Ford, the rookie who they drafted this year, just they lose total confidence in, which I don't see them doing. Had an injury in camp, flashed nicely in that preseason game. He has the Kareem Hunt skill set that they will bring him in on a cheaper deal and back up Nick Chubb change of pace and kind of off you go. So this is it for Kareem Hunt. The expiring contract also 
comes into play where you're not going to get as much as if you had a player with term on the contract. So I'm thrilled Kareem Hunt is still here because if Kevin Stefanski and we have seen questionable to say it nicely, questionable play calling all year long. But last night he got back to what he did week one. Chubb, Hunt, Hunt, Chubb, throw to Cooper, Chubb, Hunt, throw, throw to DPJ. By the way, let's get back to some fantasy football talk. Another fantasy pickup, Donovan Peoples-Jones of the Browns. Love it from a safe, high floor, low ceiling type of pickup. If you're in bye week trouble, if you're looking for a uh, DraftKings play, uh, and just for a bit of a safety net. I have him in one of my leagues as sort of that nice flex. He is turning into, and I've been recommending him to Dynasty Leagues for for two years now. So you want to keep this guy. Because when Deshaun Watson comes back, and if he can get back to the level he was, Donovan Peoples-Jones is going to be a superstar. He's got all the tools. But you're in a super heavy run first offense, which you should be with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. DPJ is averaging probably a bit better in in PPR, half PPR uh, than standard. But he's averaging around that 12 mark, which in his own roster, about 24, 25% of most leagues. So you put DPJ in your flex when you're in bye week trouble. Like as Lindsay said, by Mageddon, six teams on bye. And, well, the Browns are on by this week, but going forward, um, if, if you're looking for a DPJ type, you get in that 12, that's what you want. To me, if you get anybody off the waiver wire, own in less than 50%, and they give you double-digit fantasy points, that's a win. That's a big win. All right, we got some questions in. Let's get to hashtag ask Andy, get those fantasy football questions answered. Let's go. All right, so this one coming from on Twitter, at Coach Frank. By the way, you see all the Twitter handles down there, at SickPodBrowns, at AndyMC81. Use hashtag AskAndy. This is coming in from Coach Frank. Andy, I made a blockbuster move trading Mixon, Olave, and Gus Bus, Gus Edwards, for Cooper Cup and Chase Claypool. Then made a smaller move of trading Curtis Samuel for Kadarius Tony. Coach Frank dealing here. Wow. Hoping to pick up Justin Fields off of waivers. It's a, a keeper, by the way. That's why I grabbed Cup. Did I make a mistake? Hashtag ask Andy. Well, okay. So if I get this right, he traded Mixon, Olave, and Edwards for Cup and Claypool. So you always look at the deal. Okay. Did I get the best player? Well, when the offense is clicking, Cooper Cup's the best player there. But we also have to mix in running back scarcity. Now you lose Mixon, who is a much better fantasy option than Gus Edwards because, as we know, the best fantasy option at running back for the Baltimore Ravens is the quarterback, Lamar Jackson. And people say, okay, well, Edwards, he's banged up now a little bit again. Um, so really, okay, you got rid of um, Edwards and you get Cup and Claypool. The Cup thing, but you're losing two running backs. So I guess it would be, okay, who who else do you kind of have um, coming in at running back? Um, Samuel for Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony intrigues me because I feel that the Chiefs are going to use, try to use him in that Tyreek Hill gadget play. Similar type of player that way, very versatile, but off the field issues, injury play. I don't know if it's going to work. So, and he said he picked up Justin Fields. That's why I recommend it as well. So I love Chris Olave. I probably would not have made that deal because really your big get is Cooper Cup and then hoping for a super upsize on Chase Claypool, which um, I don't think will happen this year. I, I think he'll develop probably into 
a WR3, but you're losing a really good option at that point. So that's that that's something I'm not necessarily super high on. Um, okay, let's get to we'll get one more question in here and then we'll uh, get to some betting tips right now uh, or in a couple minutes. Okay, uh, Andy, who should I pick up off the waiver wire? Desperate at wide receiver. Okay, well, you know, we went through a couple of those, and that's coming from at Paul Sousa D uh, on Twitter. So wide receiver, as I said, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, I absolutely love Khalif Raymond. If you missed it before, Lindsay wrote, Khalif Raymond of the, of the Lions. Yes, that, that's just, I think, just an absolute uh, big-time pickup. Now, I want to also, though, if we're looking at defenses, I know wide receiver, but I want to say the defense, the Minnesota defense uh, roster in 24% of most leagues. You got Washington coming in. That's a nice play. Uh, Cincinnati versus Carolina. You know, Panthers have been a little cute. That Bengals defense outside of yesterday is usually pretty good. Um, and then when we look at other wide receiving options, I'm avoiding uh, MVS for Kansas City. I know he gets, he gets added in, folks. It's just... Too much of a roller coaster. It's too up and down. It's too up and down. It's too much one week on, one week off. Darnell Mooney, no. Uh, Garrett Wilson, the Jets, no. I'm just looking at some of the Robinson, no. Van Jefferson is a nice speculative play, although he was not targeted. I would stash Van Jefferson. I really liked him. Injury for most of the year, though. So that's a little tricky. Um, and stay away from Alec Pierce. I liked Alec Pierce before. They bench Matt Ryan, Sam Ellinger. No, we're not. We're not going there. All right. So any other fantasy football questions, get the hashtag ask Andy on Twitter at six Browns pod at Andy MC 81. You know, let's, let's see if we win some money this way. Let's get some early betting lines. Let's get to some sick picks. It's time for sick picks. Okay. So early lines and on the Friday show, remember folks, we're back Friday. Guests, fantasy footballs. We creep closer. We're post Thursday nighter, more sick picks and betting lines as they adjust. But what I always like to do post Monday, try see if there's any lines, action, props, whatever that jump out at you before you have the knowns or the unknowns, right? And if you get a get a feeling or, or you think something might be a little off, a game that's off to me is uh, Chiefs 12 and a half point favorites over the Titans. I don't think the Titans are going to win, but we still aren't sure on the status of Ryan Tannehill. Malik Willis, uh, I was really hoping for more on the ground from him. They really kept the reins on him, which turned out not to be a bad thing, but I was hoping they'd let him, yeah, let the guy move a little bit. They really hampered him down, didn't let him run, didn't let him throw, and all that. And um, So does Tannehill come back? The Titans' defense, I think, is good enough to hold the Chiefs, who I still think maybe bookies and the public still have as these like offensive phenoms. And they're second-best team in the AFC, don't get me wrong. But they're not the same team as they were with Tyreek Hill. So 12 and a half, I could easily see the Titans hanging around within 7 to 10. With that deep, why not? Right? Like, why wouldn't that make sense? I think that makes a ton of sense. Uh, minus 110, you get them to, to cover that. Now, if you pick the Titans straight up, plus 470. Ooh, that might be a bit too juicy for me. I'm not going to do a Hail Mary pick on that one. I'm not going to do a Hail Mary pick on that one. One line I do like. Rams in Tampa Bay versus the Buccaneers. Now, the two and a half point favorites are the Bucs, so pretty much a pick them. But the Rams plus 125 to win outright on the money line. So both of these offenses 
struggling, skittish, not connecting. Van Jefferson, I just mentioned, another game back. I think that guy could really be a wild card if they, they target him. I have no confidence right now in the Buccaneers. I'm not saying I'm in love with the Rams either, but this isn't a situation where you have to fear Tom Brady right now. And that could change at any moment. But it could also change that Matt Stafford could stand, stand back and they find themselves, right? They sell the pieces. They're just in a funk. So plus 125 straight up for the Rams. That's an early line I like and that I would go for. I would also take one more for you. Um, the Seahawks plus 115 money line over the Cardinals. Again, the Arizona Cardinals. Scared. Kyler Murray, I don't know if it's the new Call of Duty or what. Like that thing seems to be real. Right. The problem is usually the Call of Duty release comes at end of October, early November, and then the Cardinals knows that. Well, they've been struggling all year. And the Seahawks with Geno Smith, Geno Smith is just playing free. He doesn't he look so relaxed. Geno Smith doesn't care. He's got nothing to lose. You got a man, a quarterback, nothing to lose. Geno Smith throws it up, a bunch of interceptions. Oh well, I was gonna be a backup anyway. Geno Smith is playing free. You're on the road, short road trip. Plus 115, why not? Why not? Over under set at 50 and a half. I hope, th- I hope that's over. I, th- You know, I'm, I would take the over on that one. I hope that'd be a fun little just sloppy slugfest. But I would take the Seahawks here, plus 115. They, they've got they've got more, and, and again, they've been inconsistent. But to me, they come off as being um, more put together. You got Kenneth Walker's been a, just a stud. Kenneth Walker got him off of waivers for seven fab, seven fantasy bucks. How about that for, for my fab? I would take the Seahawks plus 115. So we got Seahawks money line plus 115 over the Cardinals. Rams plus 125 straight up over the Buccaneers. And Titans to cover that 12 and a half in Kansas City against the Chiefs. There you go, folks. Browns again. Week off. Browns fans, we get to relax, man. How fun is that? We get to relax and enjoy and just watch football and enjoy that 32-13 on this Victory Tuesday. Have that sip. Oh, so good. 32-13 winners. We get to relax, see how this whole division plays out. Be back on Friday. Going to have lots of brown stuff. We're going to now take in the bye week, a halfway point of the season, though. We're going to take that, that look at the break. Talk about offense, talk about really break it down and do that. Some special guests, lots of fantasy football betting as well. Make sure you're following on all social media. That'll do it, folks. I'm Andy McNamara. This is the Sick Podcast with me. Go Browns. Happy Victory Tuesday. See you Friday. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.